Hey guys, welcome to the Potter's House, uh, the podcast where we discuss how biblical topics, church life, and current events impact our everyday lives. I'm your host, Marcus Ionescu, and I'm uh, joined here by a good friend of mine, Marius Roshka. Marius, how are you doing today, man? I am doing well, Marcus. How are you? Surviving, bro. We're, we're in uh, month three or four of the quarantine, and... Uh, you know, couldn't be better. And right when things started to die down and, you know, these shops and retailers started opening up, we have all these riots to look forward to. So uh, isn't that great? Yeah, open up the shops for them to be looted. Definitely. That's 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 how we jumpstart our economy again, right? Um, well, welcome to this uh, podcast. This is the first, technically the second episode, but the first episode with actual content. And um, if you guys did any reading on the title of the episode, which I'm sure you did because you wouldn't be able to select it, uh, today we're going to talk about identifying and approaching church burnout. And uh, this is something uh, near and dear to our hearts um, just because it's something we've gone through, it's something we've seen other people go through, and uh, it's definitely thing, something we've addressed and tried to work around in uh, within our respective ministries. So... Um, before we get into that, uh, just a little, you know, Marius, why don't you just give us a little bio about yourself, like, you know, you know, brief information, what's your experience with ministry and how, you know, that could be related to, you know, burning out, but just a, you know, a little short biography at first. Yeah, sure. Um, I was fortunate enough to be born and raised in a Christian family, been going to the same church my entire life. Um... When I was in sixth grade, age 12, I started playing in the band at church. Uh, now at age 31, I'm still in that same band. Uh, so almost, gosh, my math, 20 years, 20 plus years there. That's Jeez. it. I forgot how to do math during this time. Um, and I've also had the great opportunity to serve uh, as a bass player in the worship um, groups. Um, also for the choirs and also being very involved in event planning and a part of uh, youth uh, leadership uh, as well. So I, I have had my hands uh, full with, with ministry and have a lot of great, great experience in that. And I think in those, you know, in all those years of serving, you not only had the chance to experience it yourself, but you got to work with other people and, and see how they were dealing with stuff like this, especially with our, you know, service-based services, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And that's why, you know, we wanted to kick off this podcast talking about this, you know, one of the, um, I would say, uh, specific things to, to our culture. Um, I think that's, uh, I mean, I know a lot of other different cultures and different churches experience this as well, as well but um, it's something that we have a lot to talk about, something we definitely talked a lot about um, outside of this setting and uh, just over the years. So, uh, yeah, let's get on right to it. So first, the first thing I really want to tackle um, is kind of the beginning stages of this burnout. And I want to see um, what are our, you know, what is our opinion of it? And then what are some identifying factors um, in a person that is experiencing church burnout? And before we get too specific about that, I want to talk about, um, you know, our specific experience and how we felt the pressure of that. So, um Go ahead, and then I'll, I'll, I'll give you my experience as well. Well, um, burnout, it doesn't come um, quick. Uh, you won't feel great, you know, today, and then tomorrow suddenly you'll feel burnout. Uh, burnout comes over time, over a long period of time to where uh, you take on a lot. Um, you, 
you know, you're at church, you're asked to serve and you say, yes, yes, yes. Um, also with, um, that comes where you feel very responsible to do what the Bible says, uh, do everything wholeheartedly. I'm paraphrasing, right? And when you mix together a demand from your leadership and wanting to do the best at every little thing you do, because that's what the Bible calls for. This is where I think we get stuck in between a rock and a hard place. And what do we do? How do we respond? Um, so with, with that said, I think that's where a lot of people get to. And then from there is where I think we say, oh boy, what do we do? Right. So, um, yeah, and I, I can totally relate to that. And, um, you know, I had a very similar experience just growing up and we're taught to, you know, to serve, which is good. I think that's one of the best things that we can do in, you know, yeah, in fellowship. Um, and it's one of the best ways to, you know, keep us accountable, keep us responsible. It, I mean, aside from like, you know, the spiritual aspect, it improves other areas of our life. Um, we get to, you know, we, we may not know it at first, but we get to work in team environments from an early age, which mm-hmm. can definitely help us and push us in our professional lives because, you know, they're always looking for that. So I think there are a lot of positives to doing that. Um, unfortunately, kind of like what you hinted at is that we sometimes get sucked into the system without bracing ourselves, without setting some boundaries, without um, just anticipating some consequences to, to this issue. So, um you know, some symptoms that I've seen um, is, and one thing I can relate to personally is overcommitment. Mm-hmm. I think we get dragged into this and we 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 do one thing pretty well just because we have we grew up in that. And then, you know, we're like, oh, let's do this and let's do that. Um, like personally, I started my ministry and worship team from my, from my early teens, right? And then by the time I was, I don't know, 18, 19, I found myself on almost every Sunday night team and every Friday team. And I got to a point where we had like our annual meeting. I was like, hey, I had to talk to two of the worship leaders and say like, hey, like I need to back off a little bit because I'm second year engineering student. And uh, it's it really piled onto me. And it, I really felt the repercussions of that. And um, you know, I'm sure you can relate to that too. Yeah, um, I had some uh, thoughts about when you sent me this outline, Marcus, on how some symptoms um, I pretty much wrote down that you become a little more impatient. Um, There's a a little bit of resentment, unfortunately, that builds up. And I dubbed it the rage quit feeling. (laughs) Uh, You just want to just, you know what, forget this. I am walking away. Um, I'm done. And then, um, unfortunately, that joy to worship, that joy to serve is that flame is just turned down slowly, slowly. And you don't really know how low it is until it's out, I think. And um, being from a perspective today, I am an orchestra director. And everybody that's in the orchestra, um, they're heavily involved in other ministries. And that's one thing that we recognize. And one other symptom, which I think is probably the number one or the one that as leaders, you and I, Marcus, we should look at when we look into people who are serving with us is motivation. How do you, as a leader of the ministry that you're leading, keep 
these brothers and sisters that are serving motivated? How do you um, keep them going even though the burden is so high? And I think that's uh, the last couple of years, that's what I've been working on and trying to figure out what to do. And um, hopefully what I've been trying thus far uh, will work. Hopefully um, in the near future, we can cultivate a culture of change and to really analyze what the church really needs. And I want to pick at that motivation point you brought up. And um, do you think being able to motivate your group, do you think that's like a solution to the problem? Or do you see it as just patching it up and putting a bandaid over it and then having to revisit it later or kind of pushing it back? Motive, the motivation is definitely not a solution. Uh, the motivation is some, is, is, is a daily uh, substance that will keep things going. Um, but the solution is found elsewhere. The solution is in the culture to change, to see what the church really needs, to really sit down with top to bottom leaders and say, what do we need? What does the church need? How can we achieve it? with the resources we have. Uh, and I think going back to what you said, Marcus, earlier was overcommitment. Are we as leaders overcommitting to so many things that we stretch ourselves so thin that we can't do a good job in any of the categories that we're leading? We're doing, you know, even 90, 80, even 50% of the best we can do. That's, I, I think that's what's happening. So the change the fix, as you said, as you said earlier, is it a fix or is it a patch? The motivation is a day-to-day thing. The fix to this problem would be a top-to-bottom culture change. And what can we do to demand from our brethren, brothers and sisters, to um, make sure that we can serve within our means? Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. I mean, we're all working people. We're all um, nine-to-five jobs, families. And we got a home to take care of. And on top of that, we do like to serve the Lord through the church. So um, I think the solution is within that, the culture. Yeah, definitely. And I I think that's something that's very hard to change. Um, I mean, you're going to have to, I mean, you're you're pulling out roots that go deeper than the the Pacific Ocean. I don't know if I could have an analogy to that. But yeah. like you said, like the culture change, what we're expected, you know, what we're expected to do, um, the standards, standards that are set. Um, and I, you know, I have this question, like with, with this burnout, with this overcommitment to serve, do you think it's more, I'm trying to see who's more at fault here. Not, not who's more at fault, but like how, where we can really address this issue. And do you think it's the idealistic standards that, really keep us going that really pressure us to continue to overcommit or do you think it's our inability to say no our our lack of constraint our uh, inability to set boundaries do you think um, you know that's something that needs to be addressed more well I'll, I'll take it a step even before that Marcus I think um, we've all heard the term better they be in church than somewhere else mm-hmm. as young kids so I think with that, um, we could look back and say, well, be in church, be in church. And I think as young kids, after 17 years of hanging out with your parents, you don't want to be at home. So if they're not going to let you be anywhere else but church, you're automatically by default going to church. So that's step one. Mm-hmm. That's, that, that's, that's real. Um, now, you mentioned the, 
not saying no. Um, at church, we we have it, not only in our church but in our culture as 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 the Romanian culture, we always want to help. We always want to if whatever we can do, we can. We always want to give the shirt off our backs to our brothers and sisters, especially those who really need it. And I think that carries over into serving as well. And it is all, I believe, well intentioned. Um, I believe that not saying no. Um, is not necessarily a, a bad thing um, in general from the big picture, but personally from the person themselves, not saying no can lead to that that path we were talking about, how our, our, our flame of joy just kind of goes down and you don't notice it until it's gone because um, that's something that, again, we're doing it to ourselves kind of thing. And that sounds a little bit like, oh, be harsh on yourself. But one of the things that I'm, I'm trying to drive during this podcast is look within yourself as to um, what you are doing and why you are doing it. And understand that saying no is okay. And um, I think um, part of the reason, yes, Marcus, we're getting here because we don't say no. And I think we don't say no because we love to help people, but you can also help people by saying no and looking for a different solution. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think saying, I think saying no and then leaving is probably not the best way, but saying no and say, but look, maybe we can try something else or look for a different path to help this person. Not necessarily um, um, say no, walk away, or just say yes and take it on your shoulders and be burdened even more. So I, I think there's other ways other than the absolute yes or no. Yeah, and I like that you brought up the fact that, you know, for the most part, we are well-intentioned. And us saying no isn't really rejecting the person. It's, you know, unless you are, and then that's a problem. But you, it's, it's more of like setting boundaries to what's best for you and what's best for the other person or that your mm-hmm. environment. So yeah. um, it's important to note that we, we do care about our brothers and sisters. We would want to help. I mean, it's like, I mean, we all know those guys. It's hard to say no to them. They, you know, give you, you know, they, you're your friend, your buddy, they put, put their arm around you. It's like, Hey, come help me on, on, on oh, this yeah. night or this day. And you know, you, you don't, you don't want to disappoint them, but um, you have to, I mean, for their sake too. Cause um, if, if, you know, when people are used to like the yes man, Mm-hmm. They just keep going to that person. They just bombard that person with requests, this and that, and it's it's not it's not healthy for either party. Correct. Because then you're instilling this mindset that hey, this person said yes, and uh, you know I'm 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 going to be a little less conscious about what they're going through in their life and what what other responsibilities they have. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, I mean we definitely live in a culture where we're a lot busier we have a lot more responsibilities america has this workaholic culture to them where i mean people are looking for overtime yeah you know we all have that friend who's searching for overtime and um you know where i guess back in the day where our our, our parents and grandparents grew up it's i mean i mean i can speak personally when i go to romania like you know you go through, through one of the shops and you know, people, they, they close down their shops for three hours to watch the, you know, the Euro Cup, you know, for example. And it's very, <laughs> it's very, um, that's very true. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's different, you know, than it is like here. So um, I think that's one thing that was a little lost in translation. And I mean, it's, it's also one thing that we need to be considerate about. You know, we can't um, blame anyone because this is how they were brought up. 
Sure. You know, yeah, and they absolutely. really emphasized being in church. They really emphasized serving. And um, while we are well-intentioned, I think, like you said, it was really important to look within ourselves and say, hey, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? Because, you know, I believe in a works-based gospel because that's false. You know, you can't you can't do that. You th- Are you doing that to compensate for guilt and shame of previous sins? No, mm-hmm. only the blood of Jesus Christ could could redeem you. So we have to be careful that our kids who may not be as scripturally sound as, you know, the older generation or even us, we have to be careful that they're not growing up in that environment and having this like tweaked mindset and idea of what the true gospel is. Yep. And I think we really need to really need to emphasize that. So uh, just going forward, I mean, I mean, these are some signs that we can see, uh, but what are like potential ramifications of a burned out person? Like what, what, what could, you know, we're, we're talking long-term here. What could be like a pretty serious consequence to, to this issue? Uh, well, I, I had, I had a few things down and I don't, I honestly don't know how to rank them, but I will begin with probably the most important one, um, severed relationships. Mm. Um, I believe the most important, uh, thing matter in this life is relationships with people uh because we do we are we we do need to have a relationship with christ number one and aside from that us and family uh friends colleagues whatever whatever environment you are in there is a relationship there now whether it's good or bad that's up to you know that's you know to the situation to judge but I do believe that with with this event of burnout, I do believe that relationships can be severed. Long-time friendships can end uh, for, mo- for many reasons. People just will say, I don't want to be here anymore. I am out. Uh, they will leave and then they will um, be what I also deemed spirit null, meaning spirit, again, that, that flame has gone down. And some people may just wake up in a state of, I just don't know what I'm doing anymore. I am, I am a loss of joy. Uh, I don't want to go to church anymore. Um, I don't want to see that person anymore because they're just going to bombard me with, why are you doing what you're doing? And why are you not doing what you're doing without seeing that that person is hurting below the surface and that other person doesn't know. Now, what do we do there? We can talk about later as far as how we can, can deal with that. But um, another one that's probably just as important is young believers can be discouraged. Like you said, people, young believers may have, yes, the gospel is here, here, but one little tweak in you need to serve because um, that might end up being that might end up being bad because the young believers may say, Wow, like I don't want to. I I don't know. This just doesn't feel right, and rightfully so. They're feeling at a young age that burnout, and the consequence might be that young believer again. I'm done. I I, I don't think this is for me. Like I I just can't. I can't because we all have different sensitivities, uh, levels, and different subjects we are sensitive to. And as as leaders, we need to understand as many levels as possible. You won't understand them all you know, in one season, but as you go through the season, you can, uh, through your seasons, you can see, uh, that, oh, wow, this, this, this person's sensitive to that. I'm not sensitive to it, but do I, but just because I'm 
not sensitive to it, that means I'm going to be insensitive to their sensitivity? No, that's us. our job as leaders to see what's going on and through healthy relationships, which you can have without having a lot of serving or without putting people to work per se, uh, you can have that just on one-on-ones one time over the week uh, or a month or whatever the needs uh, are. So uh, I do believe that healthy relationships will help us understand what people are feeling more in this uh, in these burnouts. And that is what I believe um, would be potential ramifications. I don't know if you had anything else to add to that. Um, it's interesting that you brought that up with, you know, severed relationships and our, you know, our role as leaders, because sometimes our greatest strengths could be our greatest weaknesses. Yep. And, you know, the, the, our, the greatest strength that we have in our culture and the Romanian culture, the Romanian church is that, um, we're a very, we're very collectivistic, right? We're very relationship based. We like to, you know, you know, greet our brothers and sisters all the time. We know everyone We're we hang out all the time. It's, it's, it's our social circle. You know, we're very close to these people, but you know, while that may be our greatest strength, as soon as you put some form of pressure or strain on that, such as burnout, it, it could become our greatest weakness where, you know, we start taking things personally and we start, you know, getting antsy with, with certain individuals or people we have to work with. It, it, it really could, you know, work in reverse and, and mm-hmm. really hit us where it hurts. And um, that's exactly what I was thinking. It hits you where it hurts, where your close friends and family, um, any issue that comes up there hurts you more than an issue with the coworker that didn't like your design or something. You can say, okay, well, we'll change it because I don't care that much. But when it comes with to your friends, like you mentioned, people close to you, your um, the people you see all the time, it's going to hurt more because it's it's definitely more sensitive. So, yeah, no, I'm on the same page there. Yeah, and it's I think it's something we always have to keep in mind. And um, we just really have to have, uh, just be conscious of it and be considerate of how other people see things and um, making sure we're not overbearing anyone, making sure that we're not the ones with these idealistic standards. And because, uh, you know, some people can take more some people can take less absolutely and you know i like to think that i'm a you know a juggernaut you know i can (laughs) that uh you know i i I, i'm always up for the challenge again i'll take on this i'll take on that and then um sometimes when i'm you know expecting the same out of another individual i kind of project that on them and you know it doesn't always translate well and you know they they take it the wrong way and it's just it's me being inconsiderate saying that oh i can do this you know, um, they can't do that. And that's what I kind of want to emphasize on this podcast. This is not just about, this is not a podcast about us complaining about burnout. No, of it's course. about learning about it and seeing like, how do we avoid putting that on other people too? Exactly. Yeah. We're, we're not, I mean, I, 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 the way I saw this is we're not here to blame. Like you said earlier, we're not here to, um, you know, think of ourselves some high and mighty. We're just here to understand as leaders what's going on around us so we could potentially and God willing move in the right direction and avoiding burnout for future generations and even our generation even the older generation people that may not think that burnout is such a thing they just you know they may believe that put your head down and keep you know ramming forward um, for the Lord and though the Lord loves a fervent heart um, he also loves the ones that rest and that really take heed to that 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 
that command to rest on the Sabbath, which I think we'll talk about later. And um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's let's kind of shift gears over here, where we really kind of address these, um, you know, these identifying factors, you know, the certain causes to it, um, you know, certain expectations. Um, let's talk about how we address this issue because that, I mean that's the important part. You don't want to, you know, when you read a problem, you got to solve it. You know, you can't just leave it there. So. How do we address this issue, and what measures need to need to be taken to solve it? And um, first thing that comes to mind here is I have this uh, passage from Matthew eleven um, twenty to thirty, and it says, "Come to me, all who labor, who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light." And uh, boom, there we go. We're done with our podcast. That solves it all. <laughs> all right, and, see ya. <laughs> and I have this um, kind of based on this, you know, it's obviously we we come to Jesus and he will give us rest and that's how we find rest. And I totally agree with that. And I want to, before we uh, move on, I want to mention this uh, sermon excerpt I, I listened to by Matt Chandler. And um, he was talking, he was mostly addressing like, you know, married men who have families and saying, and he, and he started off with this analogy or this illustration saying, um, like, have you ever gone on vacation and came back, like, less rested and more tired than you were at the start of the vacation? And for those of you who have been on vacations, I'm sure you can totally relate. And those of you who haven't been on vacations, well, I hope you go on vacation one day. Um, <laughs> so you can relate to us. Exactly. So you can relate to this podcast. So go on vacation, then listen to this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he said, you know, he's trying to say, like, listen, you know, we as men, you know, typically we work, you know, he's been... I understand that, you know, the woman could work too. I'm not saying that. This is not one of those podcasts, no. Um, but, you know, a man goes to work and he comes home and a lot of the times he's so tired to spend time with his family. He's He he likes to come home, sit down on the couch, check out, watch the game, and just kind of push everything else aside so he can just, you know, refresh for the next day. And, he, and, he, and Matt Chandler uh, in this specific sermon pointed out that, listen, that's not... That's not right. That's not biblical because what we're doing is we're putting, we're trying to find rest in material things, in worldly things. We're trying to find rest outside of what God tells us where we can find rest. So he, he kind of makes the point like, Hey, you know, live up to your biblical, you know, duty and, you know, be there for your family, spend time. And then at the end of the day, every single day, You'll be recharged. You'll you'll have this reset. God, you know, God will give you that rest. He'll give you the energy to continue. And um, I think that's really important to keep in mind. I think it's uh, well, obviously, it's a good theological point for for people to follow what God has instructed them to do. But in doing this, we're putting our faith in the Lord that He's the one who provides rest for us. Yep. And then if we're dependent on outside sources, we're going to get disappointed. And then guess what? We're back to square one. And um, I just think that's an important thing to take to keep in mind, and it's an important thing for you know to look forward to you know in in the future. Mm-hmm. And to kind of continue on that, putting your faith in the Lord, um, Isaiah chapter forty verses twenty eight through thirty one says, "Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the Creator of the ends of the earth." He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint. And to him who has no might, he increases strength. 
even youths shall faint, that's us, mm-hmm. uh, and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. So after reading this, um, I think those who wait upon the Lord is kind of the answer. If you look at it word for word. Mm-hmm. But what does wait upon the Lord mean? Um, I see it as I wait upon the Lord in my rest. Um, God doesn't say work 340 days of the year and then rest the last 25. God says work six, rest one. Then start over. Work six, rest one. Um, and I think kind of tangenting off a little bit of that, people like that, that are serving... The Sabbath day is that Sunday, and what are we doing on Sunday? Uh, we wake up early to get to church before, and then we do this. We have practice after the morning service. Uh, we go home because we live far away, 40-minute drive. Uh, we eat. We'll sit down. Maybe we'll catch some things to do. Maybe we'll do some homework. Maybe we'll you know, catch up on some work work. Oh, I've got to be back. At, you know. So after doing that, that seventh day doesn't really feel like a rest day. What do you do on Saturday? Saturday is that what we all dub family day. Uh, whether we're hanging out with our parents, siblings, or close friends, because hey, we're hustling and bustling Monday through Friday, right? Because we live in that culture. So I think um, it is so key to remember that rest is not only you know a disconnect, but it's also when you disconnect. Mm-hmm. Um, we sometimes will go three, four months and then we'll finally rest a couple days or a week after, but thats I don't think that's the way we were designed to rest. We were designed to work six days, make sure we get our sleep, and rest that seventh day where we just allow our minds to not be stressed with whatever design work we have or whatever conflict management issues we're dealing with. Uh, also, physical labor too. Um, now granted, some of us Working in the office, our physical labor is not that great, but um, what have you. I mean, that day is supposed to be a day of physical and mental rest for those who do either or. So I think um, in the addressing, we need to look, number one, within. And you, and you took the and you took the verse, um, Marcus. Actually, no, you didn't take the verse. It's the one with, and whatever you do, this is from Colossians chapter 3, verse 17. And whatever you do... In word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So that's the self-checking process. I don't think it's my job to tell you, Marcus, what you're doing is for the Lord. You need to, as you at this point of your life, need to understand, and so do I, that we need to, whatever we're doing, we need to do it for the Lord. And then after that, follow the Lord's commandment of rest and then see where we go from there because I really think that if we truly rest not over you know and and we we do it to ourselves too maybe on those days of all right uh, between church services I'm going to try to do all these things because I want to do all these things and like like the 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 sermon you heard we're finding rest and we're finding we're using our off time away from church and from work in material things Mm -hmm. and that's where I believe in this, especially during the season of quarantine, uh, I mean, we're in, like you said, month three or four, don't even remember. Um, being away has really helped me see and reflect on what we've done thus far. So 
the rest portion I think is key. Not only the act of resting, but also resting at the right time. Yeah, and I think, you know, we really have to focus on what the Sabbath really is. Like, you know, they like to go to the excuse, okay, Sunday's church, but Saturday's your day off. But we have things to do on Saturday, like going to Home Depot and, you know, replacing your mulch in your backyard. <laughs> that's not considered rest. That's, I mean, that's work. I mean, yeah. even family obligations. You have to, you know, set up. If you're hosting, you got to clean, you got to cook, you got to provide. If you're going somewhere, you have to, you know, you have to talk to those family members. Maybe you don't want to talk to, you know, it's it's a full day's work, uh, you know, day's worth of work. And like you said, like when, when we disconnect, I think it's a time that you're in your home or you're somewhere you want to be and you just, you know, you're without responsibility. I know pastors who, um, pretty well-known pastors that, they, you know, because they're at big, bigger American churches and they, they preach like Sunday night or Saturday night and then Sunday three services. Mm-hmm. What they do is they take Monday completely off and they say, listen, uh, I will not answer any phone calls. I will not answer any emails, even though answering an email is picking up your phone and typing for two minutes. You know, they put they say, like, listen, this day is for the Lord. And, you know, in may. I may not be doing something. I'm not, I may not be on the streets, you know, evangelizing, but the Lord gave me this day to take time off, to rest so I can recharge. This is the way that, you know, this is how God fit that day of rest. He designed us. And I mean, that's a whole, God's design for, for us is a totally different topic, but he designed us to work six days and rest the seventh. And, and you know, there are pastors who've said that, you know, there were times where I didn't do that. And then... You know, I had to like take a month off to like recharge, and yeah, I mean sabbatical I, or whatever they call it. Yeah. yeah, the sabbatical. You know, to kind of like reset because you know it's a burden, and if we if we don't you know if we don't uh, live up to that, we we face not only the spiritual consequences but the physical consequences. Uh, you know, people in these high stress countries, you know, there's people who've died at their office because they've worked so much. Yeah, I've heard stories. Very true story. Yeah. Yeah, and it's I mean. I highly doubt any of us are gonna, you know, <laughs> be um, endangered to that. But it's, you know, it's something that we have to keep in mind because if not, we can really get set off on the right, on the wrong path, and you know, kind of like how we discussed earlier, we'll we'll kind of be led um, going there. So you know, that's uh, you know, those are things that we have to look for. This, these are the answers we find in scripture. But uh, let's ask ourselves, what are some like practical solutions? Because some people, you know, they'll hear something, you know theoretical and they hear this and they'll be encouraged but then they forget it you know so if we really like tackle these practical solutions and kind of mention some maybe it's it's a first it's one of the first building blocks the first step to take so what are some practical solutions that you think someone can benefit from this well um other than rest yeah um there's also a little bit of a warning i want to put out there and this is like the extreme the extreme uh whiplashing Mm -hmm. uh, if i want to call it that just made it up uh, where you are 110% pedal to the metal, I am boom, 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 knocking things out, and then you're going to want to say, okay, I want to take care of the situation. I am going to be 0% pedal to the metal. It's not negative. And what does that mean? Negative is bringing, you want people now to help you and serve you. It's like, well, I've done so much. It's my turn to be served. Um, that's wrong. Don't ever think like that. Um, but people are going to want to just whip completely to the other side and not do anything and i don't think that's i i think that's just as bad a situation as 
overworking. It's it's you're you're not helping anything. Um, but I do think um, learning to say no um, is hard. The first time will always be the hardest. Uh, the second time will be a little easier. Third time, um, but also you have to have something behind your no. Don't just say like I said earlier in the in this in this talk. No, see ya, or. No, I don't want to help you, but where are we going to go eat right now? You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's more like, hey, look, I can't do this right now. If I, if you can do it later, say I can do it in a month if that works for you. If not, let's try to help you find. I can try to help you find somebody and you could take five minutes to think because whatever comes up in that first five minutes is probably what's going to come. If you can't think of something in five minutes and you truly can't help that person, but that other person that is asking for your help, they will see that. They will see, even though you said no, you made an effort to help, you're doing good. Mm-hmm. And in, when you when you go through those motions the first time, you'll probably feel that anxiety. You'll feel that, oh my gosh, I'm doing what? You know, like it's, it's you get this like, man, I'm doing something wrong. But you're not. You're actually being honest because you cannot help them. And you're trying to help them by guiding them in another direction. And I think over time, you will get much better at that. Um, and then I have another point of it's okay to step back. Um, you have to be very wise. Number one, before you start making these decisions, you have to look at within. Like, what am I doing? Am I doing everything for the Lord? And put everything on paper if it helps you process. Like, look, this is all I'm doing. And talk about it with your your spouse, with uh, your boyfriend or girlfriend who you're courting, or your family members, close friends. Say, hey, like I'm really struggling with the decision. I need to step back. You know that, um, but sometimes you won't know what to step back from, and then you know bring it up. And this is where relationships comes in. Having these healthy relationships within the church, especially uh, if your church is less than 500 people, less than a thousand. It's you know there's people. There's pillars all around the church that you can confide in into um, really asking for genuine godly help and how to step back. And I, I guarantee you 99% of the time when you want to step back after you've really cut, brought it before the Lord, there will be a solution and there will be progress made. So I think uh, that's one of two, maybe three practical ways to really address this. Mm-hmm. And I think like... So you guys out there, when, you, when you're going to say no, uh, Marty's brought up two two good reasons why to say no. The first one is to you know to set a precedent to kind of say like, hey, um, I can't overcommit. I can't I can't do this because I'm already I've already got my hands full with with other things. And if, if I'm going to start something new, I'm going to have to like scale back on something else. Mm-hmm. So I think that's one of the reasons. Another one is kind of if if you're not if like if you if you don't have uh, time like upcoming that let's say they ask you to do something this week and you, you're not available this week. I really like the point that you made and it's something that I do all the time where say like, Hey, sorry, I'm not available this Thursday, but I'll be, uh, I'm available next week, you know? And I always try to do that to people. Cause I don't want, you know, I don't want people to think that I'm like a, I say no all the time. You know, I want to say like, Hey, you know, I'm unavailable unfortunately, but you know, I do, you know, respect your request. I do respect you as a person and I would be willing to help you out, but uh, at a later time. Yep. And I think that's something that I mean, if you even if even if you're taking a step back, as you also mentioned, um, you know, if you're taking a month off, like hey, this month I'm I'm taking a step back, but I'll I'll be back, you know, full swing um, in July. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think that's those are really that's it's a really important mindset to have because 
like like we said earlier, you know, we're for the I mean, I hope all of us are well intentioned. We really want to help serve and help, uh, you know, be with our brothers and sisters. So um, that's something that we definitely have to keep in mind. Um, so other than, you know, you know, my points were, you know, give something up before committing to something else. If you're going to take on this whole new project um, and you, you and you're juggling like a whole other ministry, maybe have some help from the other ministry, maybe scale back a little bit, making sure that you really know what your limits are. Because, you know, other people or people have different, you know, sets of limits. They have different boundaries. So make sure you really know yourself. Uh, if you want to test it out, test it out. But be considerate of that. And um, another thing, I think the last thing I want to mention uh, with these practical solutions is uh, kind of what we mentioned earlier. Make sure we're emphasizing grace over works. Mm-hmm. Can't emphasize that enough. Um, the, I mean, you know, the Bible tells us that, you know, yes, you know, a lot of the works that we do here will, you know, we will be repaid in heaven. Our, our treasures will be stored in heaven, and that's correct. But make sure that doesn't, you know, consume us. Make sure we still have an understanding that, you know, none of us are worthy yep. of the kingdom of God, and and through grace that is possible. So. Um, you know, as we, you know, as we leave off on that, are, are there any last thoughts you have as we uh, conclude this inaugural podcast? Absolutely. Um, one other thing I wanted to mention, Marcus, is it actually, it's a subcomponent of your uh, emphasize grace over works. Uh, sometimes we say no because we feel insecure mm-hmm. and that we feel like we need some self-satisfaction by over-serving that okay, like I'm doing this, I'm doing this. I, I think that's that's something that really tires you out too. The insecure feeling of, well, if I'm not working, I'm doing something wrong. Um, I just want to tell everybody out there, anybody who knows me, if you have that feeling, you can come talk to me about it because I had that feeling. Until I came to terms with that feeling personally, I was able to make some progress and it came to terms when I opened up to somebody about it. So, um my last thought is for you, the individual, if you're feeling us on this burnout, um, I want to tell you that it's possible to not feel that way. It's okay to feel this way now because you're probably, it's, it's normal. It's, it's, this feeling is normal because you are experiencing this. However, staying in this feeling is wrong. And I believe that you as an individual can go out, seek one of those pillars in the church that, um, I mentioned and I'll put myself out there. If you know me or don't know me, I'll, you know, reach out and I'll, I'll, I'll have you get in contact with me and we can have an unbiased, open, on the table conversation. And I'm willing to help, you know. So uh, I'm not over committing, <laughs> but uh, I'm willing uh, to help because that's what I think we're here for as leaders. And uh, we hope that, uh, you know, this was fruitful to uh, the listeners and uh, we hope that we can make some progress and some change. Absolutely. And to kind of close, you know, closing thought is when in doubt, seek the Lord and wait on him. But then again, you also have people, God put people around you to seek help from. So just like doctors for our physical ailments, ailments, he put people for our whatever we need to talk about and open up about. Yep. Keep that in mind. So Marius, thank you so much for being here. I know this, we had some technical, technical difficulties trying to set this up. Um, hopefully, I mean, we'll, we'll see how it sounds. Hopefully it sounds, sounds all right. Sounds great. Okay, perfect. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll definitely move on from here. So this is obviously the first podcast we have with content. I don't know if we're going to maintain this format because this is the first one we're recording. So 
I don't know if this will be the only one I record. <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. But uh, typically from all the podcasts I've listened to, um, you know, I don't know if you want to do this, but hey, you know, if people want to reach you on the internet, like what's your what's your handle, you know? Yeah. Hey, on Instagram, I am simple Marius Roshka, M-A-R-I-U-S, uh, Roshka on Instagram. My email address is roshka.marius at gmail.com. That's my last name, dot my first name at gmail.com. Marcus can probably put in a description yeah, we'll, of where we'll, you post. We'll put it there. So for all those people that you you invited to, to channel you, uh, you can definitely reach him over there. And um, as for this podcast, please follow us on Instagram at the Potter's House. And Potter is spelled P-O-D-D-E-R apostrophe S. Obviously, there's no apostrophe in the Instagram handle because that's not possible. Um, so... I mean, yeah, so I'm going to have to repeat that spelling a lot. And uh, also at Gmail is also um, thepottershouse at gmail.com if you have any information. I mean, I, I would think not. I think you just read the description of the podcast and then go forward. Please subscribe to us on iTunes. We'll definitely be on there. Spotify, we'll see if they approve us because I know they have a pretty uh, strict screening process. So we'll see over there, but we'll have more details to come. And uh, also on iTunes, if you can, please leave a review. Um, if you like us, if you don't like us, um, just stop listening. Don't leave a review. <laughs> I know people say that, but um, thank you, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, again, my name is Marcus Ionescu. I'm the host of this uh, podcast, The Potter's House, where we really discuss how you know biblical topics, which we've talked about, and then I think we really focused on church life here. Mm-hmm. You know, like what we can do, what we're experiencing, and then how to fix it. So, yeah, guys, thank you so much, and uh, we'll see you next time. <laughs>